0: Welcome to the Impactful Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Clark. For the last decade, I've had the privilege of learning from impactful leaders across the globe through my service in the Peace Corps and nonprofits. Their leadership has inspired me to highlight those among us who are truly impacting our world so that we may learn from them and be more impactful together. Yes, leadership can be learned. The guests on our show are providing direction, inspiration, and leading the way in their business and community through service. Are you ready to have an impact? Welcome to the Impactful Leaders Podcast. And then so when it comes to like the professional side, when I was going through your LinkedIn, looking at everything that you've done, Mm -hmm. you went from real estate, I believe residential, right?
1: Yes. You're doing residential
0: and then you went to work with Southwest and then you went back to real estate, but this time the commercial, like how did that switch happened? Like, why did you go into real estate? Why did you leave? And then now why commercial?
1: Um, so I, well, I was actually doing residential and um, my airline in tandem. And I was actually getting like a lot of my clients were actually my coworkers. Um, but the thing, I don't know if you're familiar with the airline industry, but there's not a lot of uh, wiggle room sometimes you know, you're at the mercy of the weather, you know, so like, Mm -hmm. if I got off at three o'clock, but we had a series of bad storms coming in three o'clock, three o'clock might turn into five o'clock, right. And so there was in a way that I could, um, could, you know, guarantee meeting with clients. Um, So I kind of slowed down on the residential side. Um, And then in 2019, I wanted to have my daughter. And when I was pregnant with her I was extremely sick so I didn't take a lot of clients um because it would be a disservice to them right like Mm. I I wouldn't be able to do tours because I was in and out of the hospital with her um so my mentor who has who was opening up his own commercial brokerage just called me shortly after I had my daughter and he was like hey look I'm about to open up my commercial brokerage He's like, I would love to have you come over, you know. Uh I will teach you everything you need to know. You know, so so do you want to come over? And I was like, yes. <laughs> you know. So um, and I was still working at my job at the time, but um, during the pandemic, they had a series of um buyouts, you know. So they were like, look, mm-hmm. we'll pay you this amount of money if you would like to leave your job. And I was like, I went home and I talked to my husband about it. Well, I prayed on it first because I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I've been working with the airline industry at that time for 13, going on 14 years. Holy cow. And it was a, yeah, it was, it was stability for me, you know? And so I was like, okay, you know, and he was like, well, go for it. He was like, cause you're not gonna get this opportunity again. Like they're not gonna buy you out of your position. And so um, I did it and I um, have been in commercial real estate full time since then. And I absolutely love it.
0: What? Uh, what are the, what have been like the big challenges that you face faced so far since joining, going
1: into Ooh. it? Um, well, for one, it's just clientele, right? Because you know, everybody is, you know, somebody that's looking for a house, right? But mm-hmm. you don't know a lot of people who are looking for businesses or so you think, right? So there are people who, you know, you you just have to tap into the right clientele and that can be hard sometimes because you're new and people might not think you know what you're doing, you know, and so you have to prove to them that you do. Um, but just just getting the clients um, and also people can smell when you're new, you know, in a commercial real estate world. Like how um, do you I will smell say, that at all? It, it's just certain questions that somebody new will ask and you'll be like, Ooh. What, like what? Like should, I, if I'm
0: so ignorant to it. Like, what would the
1: <laughs> question be? Like, um, if someone's looking, so,
0: like, if someone like me is going for an office space, like, what are the questions? What are the red flags we should watch out for? So, and what are like the good for... questions to ask someone?
1: So, so red flags would be, um, you know, if they didn't know. Um, okay, so say for example, somebody's like, hey. Um, you know, what's the pricing for this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But they don't know, they they don't ask anything else. Like if it's a modified gross lease, right? And they'll just be like, okay. But they're not inquiring what's included in that modified gross lease because certain modified gross leases have certain, you know, certain things that's carried with them, right? Or, you know, you don't ask, you know, the minimum term or you don't ask, you know, what the landlord's looking for um and some people fake it so you make it right. But or or you don't ask about your commission. That's one big thing that I've noticed with like even when I started out, I didn't ask about my commission because on the residential side, they put the commission inside of the FMLS. So you know what your commission structure is gonna look like, but on the commercial side, you're often negotiating your commission, right? And so I was so afraid you know it's like it's my money though like I should be asking like how much I'm I'm making right but I was so afraid like I was like i do not like are they going to be offended if I ask them how much you know I get paid on this um and that's the telltale sign. like the first that's like now that's part of my my line of questions I'm like okay what's the base rent what's the triple net or OPEX and that's another thing like knowing what um what type of properties have what right so some properties are triple nets but if you're dealing with industrial or warehousing they'll call it opex like operating expenses right so switching up the language you know based off what type of properties you're working with and so i'm like you know what's the what's the opex and you know what's the commit what's the broker co-op on this you know so those questions i asked now and they were like oh okay well yeah she she knows what she's talking about (laughs) you know versus like yeah there's like um when you're when you're new you either get one or two people right so you get people who are like extremely timid which is which was me right you get the people who are like super duper timid and you're like hey i don't mean to bother you but like can you tell me how much this is gonna be (laughs) you know and it's like you're not really bothering that person because you're asking about money like that should never be bothersome you know because there's money involved on this deal so you have to have those conversations with people but um you know you just sit up there and you're like I don't know like how much is this or you know but now or you get the opposites where it's like they're coming in and they're so hard like because you Mm -hmm. know on the commercial side they you have to have like this not to be mean, because you don't have to be mean, but you have to be a little more stern on this side because it is a very male dominated industry. Right. And I've, I've yeah. had to learn that people are a little more curt. So you have to have tougher skin, but you don't have to be nasty. And sometimes you have people that, that understand, or they think that you have to come in and you have to be like, ah, it's like, you don't, you don't have to be that way. You just just be yourself and then have like a little bit of sternness about you. You can still be you can still go hard for your client, but also be nice, you know. You can do both. It's possible. You can do both. At the end of the <laughs> day, that's
0: what always will win out, being nice. <clears throat> I'm sure that's where being a flight at, like you were a flight attendant when you're working with Southwest Southwestern. I was right?
1: actually I was actually a gate agent. Um
0: so you probably saw even more crazy things.
1: yeah there's a lot of things but um, I have so many stories it would take me like days worth Um, but that's one thing I pride myself on is the customer service aspect of it Um, because even though we're dealing with corporations and we're talking with other brokers and your clients or business people kindness will never go out of style ever so like you could be kind and it just takes a little you know a little softness like I've had emails where I've sent people and they were super curt and I'm like well thank you for the information I hope you have an amazing weekend and then they're like oh thank you like the tone changed instantly because I didn't match that energy with them so you know I'm like hey listen you know at the end of the day the goal is to to get our clients both what they want and so if that's the goal then you know let's treat each other well so we can get to that point.
0: I'm sure you could bring so many skills over from being the gate, the gate person. To,
1: <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, Patience is one of them for sure.
0: Because how long are the, I'm guessing if, how did you do a lot of commercial when you're doing like the commercial and residential or was it just kind of whenever it came about?
1: Um, I did more so residential. Um, When I left my job, I went full feet first into commercial. I I actually didn't take any residential because I wanted to learn commercial as much as I could. So I didn't want to cross lines on that. Um, And so my first client um, was looking for a hair salon, you know, Um, and then it just, it just went from there. Like I got that first client and it was like, I got the next client. Then I got the next client. Then I got the next client. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, this is great. You know? (laughs) So, yeah.
0: What do you do during those low points? Like, I don't know if you've been there yet, but what do you, I'm sure, especially right now with everyone working from home and there's like that debate between going back to the office or staying home. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there have been moments where things have slowed down a little bit and you're like, did I make the right choice? Like should I be in the commercial side? What do you do to like kind of get yourself out of that funk or or are you working with a coach that kind of like helps you snap it like back in shape?
1: I I will say this to anybody that's thinking about coming into a commercial side, you will absolutely have those moments. I literally have had times where I've cried because I was so frustrated. Um, like, boo crying, the two things that I can, that I can offer is, one, make sure that you have a very, um, make sure your broker's solid, you know, like, my broker, who's actually my mentor, just is a solid person overall, you know, I can come mm-hmm. in here and be like, look, I don't think I could do this, which I have, I have before. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I could do this. And he was like, listen, you know, don't quit. He was like, you know, um, you have it, you have what it takes. He's like, I wouldn't lie to you, you know, um, but, and and have a broker that's truthful with you. You know, he was like, listen, it's going to take at least a year to a year and a half for you to start making some type of money. And so he was like, I'm telling you that so that you prepare yourself accordingly. With your finances until you get to that point, point. Um, mm-hmm. and that that was that truthfulness um, made it easier for me when I was going through those moments because I had something to to uh, go back to, like, oh yeah, he did say it was going to be like this. Versus you know, people making it seem like it's like rainbows and butterflies, and then when those moments hit, you're like, well, what happened? Like I thought I was supposed to be making a million dollars by now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then have a mentor or have a, have a buddy, you know, um, my mm-hmm. colleague and I, we joined at the same time, shout out to Carolina, if she wants watching this, which I'm going to send this to her. But, um, in those moments, it was kind of like, we had a three-legged race, right? So when I fell down, she picked me up so that we can keep running in the same with her. Like when she fell down, I picked her up and I'm like, don't you quit on me. Like, I felt like we were in the military. Like, don't, don't die on me. Don't quit on me, you know? And those moments helped because we were able to talk to each other about our frustrations. Like we had the same frustrations and sometimes they weren't at the same time. And so when, when we got over them, I was, we were able to talk to each other about it. Like, Hey, listen, um, I went through this at this time. So this is what I did and this is what you can do. And this is what books I've read. and These are what podcasts I've listened to. Um, cause I'm a big podcast listener. Yeah. So like I would send her like. I would send her, you know, or if I've seen a really cool message on Instagram that was applicable, like I would send it to her. I'm like, listen to this, you know, and we, we talk almost every day, um, big, big wins, small wins, um, difficult clients and clients whom we love and, um, yeah, have a good broker and have a partner, you know, partnership. Well, matter.
0: To me as well, that part of it is just being vulnerable. Like if you never went to him and said, Hey, I don't know if I can do this, that backup support never would have been like, he never would have opened up or given you that sort of advice, like that comfort, whereas so many people would just keep their head down and just kind of try to plunge through it. And like you said, pretend that everything's going fine Yeah. when it's not. And then (laughs) that's when the real mistakes happen. Do you ever feel like you're competing with her? though, if you guys started at the same time, I can only imagine that's a bit human at first where you're like that competition side, you know, like it it can be difficult, even if it is friends.
1: Well, I'll say we turned it into healthy competition, right? So um, it's not because my comp, because you got to be careful with competitiveness because it could turn into jealousy if it goes unchecked, right? Mm. And so... I never wanted it to cross into the realm of jealousy. And so I was like, if anything, it just made me get my behind up. Like my broker says, he was like, you could, people always think that they're doing the most when they could be doing more. Like people complain about like, you're not getting enough leads. And he's like, what are you doing? You know, like you could always be doing more. And so I take that to heart because if my colleague is like, Hey, I just closed a really big deal. And I'm like, that's amazing. I don't look at it as competition for her. I actually have self, I have, you know, introspection, like Sierra, what are you doing? You know, like, what have you done today that pushes you further towards your goal? You know, have you looked for, you know for everything with a fine tooth comb for your clients? Have you, you know, been touching your social medias? Have you been cold calling? So like, it's a healthy competition because at the end of the day, her, she's seeing the fruits of her labor you know so I can't get mad at her for doing what she's doing and 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 that's what I mean by healthy competition it's like a, oh snap and I'm like oh hey, girl and then next thing I'm like well shoot <laughs> let me get on this you know I'll be like well let me get on this phone call real quick you know <laughs> like, let me start calling these people because if anything I'll okay. say um mm-hmm. I'll say it's like a it's like a jump start for me you know like when she calls me and she's like yeah I did this and I'm like ooh. Okay, well, let me get myself together, girl, because we we're you know, she's from Costa Rica, so I'm like, I need to get myself together so we can go to Costa Rica together, you know, like that's we're always talking about things that we want to do that's that's primarily our motivation. So you know, that's the competition. The motivation is the competition. like how how we we competitive competitively motivate each other if that well, I think
0: it. that's great, yeah, especially if you guys started at the same time, you can. I like the way you explained it with the three-legged race, like they're connected and you're moving forward at the same pace. And it's just each person pulling their part and helping each other. The one thing that I really, I had the right down cause I'm going to use it for a post one day is, excuse me. Um, I don't know which, how, which way I would word it, but like, don't let co- competition bleed or turn or bleed. I'm not sure the wording it into jealousy and competition go. What is it? Competition, something into jealousy, if it goes unchecked.
1: Um, yeah, it can turn into jealousy if it goes unchecked. I love those. But how? Yeah, however you want to like word that. But yeah, it definitely you know, depending on how you see the person, because if you're competing against your friend and they're going past you and you feel away, you might get jealous about it. You know, and I've seen it happen. <laughs> And that's where friendships get ruined, because instead of you cheering for your friend, you're competing with them, and then it turns to a whole to-do. So I try to check myself if if I ever felt that way. And I'm brutally honest with my friends. So if I did have like a moment of honesty or a moment of jealousy, I'm like, listen, I'm a little jealous, but it just means I got to get myself together. Because yeah. sometimes you may be exhibiting behaviors that you don't even realize that you are. And I said, if I acted a little funny, I'm sorry. I was just a little jealous. And I know that's not a character for me, but it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with my lack of. And so I have to make the necessary adjustments. So whenever I feel that, that ugly, rearing, like jealousy head pop up, I, I check it real quick.
0: And I think that's really good, too, because if you are acting a certain way, she can reach out to you and say, hey, why are you acting XYZ? Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, if you've been like if your pipeline's dried up, not seeing results, and then that like as again, that competition turns into jealousy, they can kind of keep you in check too. Where it's like if you have that open communication, that open, that openness, that vulnerability, where you can keep each other in line too, not just Moving each other forward, but just making sure that because so many times I've seen it before, not just necessarily in the, like the real estate space, but even for us, like in digital marketing, sometimes if your pipeline dries up, then you're out there being, you could, some people sometimes go into like that spiraling, right. you know, circle and it's like, it's everyone's fault but theirs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's then if you have the right
0: people around you, they can kind of make sure that when that spiraling may be happening, they can kind of catch it sooner. And then you, they can put like, it helps just stop your head stops. And then you can look forward and be like, okay, this is, yeah, this is the real reality.
1: Yeah. And one thing my husband always tells me is that, um, and that's another thing I do have a good support system with my husband and my family. And that was another mm-hmm. good push for me. But one thing he always tells me is like, you can't control nobody else except for your own reactions. Like, You can only control your own emotions you can control your own reactions so he was like even if somebody did something to you it's still how you react to it is still all your own so he was like are you gonna let this person take charge over your reactions or are you going to adjust yourself and keep moving forward and Mm -hmm. i was like okay you right, you right, like, I come home and I feel undefeated, he's like, Sierra, the only thing, only thing you have control over is your, is how you react, he's like, you can be upset about this and let it ruin your day, or you can, you know, figure out what you need to do next, and I'm like, okay, you know, and nobody wants to hear that, like, (laughs) when you're in a moment of, like, you know, irritation or vulnerability, but you need those, you need those people in your corner, so like, hey, all right, you, you only got a little bit to feel this way, but you're gonna have to go on ahead and stretch your shoulders off and figure out what's next so those people who are spiraling like you need those people to be like hey 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 like you said stop you know figure out what's next I mean because that's the only thing you can do Mm -hmm. so
0: are you currently working with a mentor or coach now
1: I am not um so I will say like my best friend she's a wedding planner um and probably one of the best motivational coaches I guess I guess so but she's like one of the best motivational coaches you can have because like I'll call her and I'm like hey look I feel the way about this and she's like Sierra she's like your boss like just just get up and like do it you know and I'm like you're right so like if I, I I will say I just have a really good support system around me that um That if I ever felt out of place or just weird or like uh, I can't get it Mm -hmm. together, you know, um, they're there to lift me up. And they're always um, a good portion of our friends are entrepreneurs, which is crazy. And entrepreneurs, they have to have a a different type of mindset, you know, (laughs) because you're, you know, because you got to wake up every day. You don't have anybody telling you what to do. You got to you got to do everything yourself, you know. So um, I'm thankful and I'm blessed that I have a good support system, so.
0: I mean, you could, yeah. yeah, no, that's all a good point. I'm lucky that, for example, I have a team kind of that we've built like a partner and I, and then I have like a team, so it kind of, even though we're the ones that started it, it does oddly feel sometimes that, I wonder if that's what happens when you start getting to a certain size. And you have like mm-hmm. those bigger companies where it's like, you can do whatever the heck you want. But like, sometimes I feel like I'm just at a regular job. Like the entrepreneurial side sometimes is, I feel it. But then are there are other times where I don't? And I wonder, maybe it's just because of the team that we built around now. So yeah. it just feels a little bit more of a, the regular type of machine, I guess.
1: Yeah, like you have a well-oiled machine, like all the cogs are in place and and it's moving how it's supposed to. So that just, that just speaks volumes to the type of team that you built where you don't have that pressure on your back like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so when it comes to commercial real estate, when you do have those moments that are like those low points, or you have mm-hmm. that one client that's just a pain in the ass, and you are like don't want to deal with them. Like what's the thing that pushes you to keep doing what you're doing like what's your why what's the per? what's the purpose that you have in doing this because you need to have one of those to push you through those moments
1: well there are several um one of them is just I've had clients who I found a perfect spaces for and the amount of joy that comes over their face like when I find them the perfect space they're like oh my god thank you so much and I'm just like (laughs) and you don't think it's like I think it's like that on a side because it's commercial right so like residential you get the they're like oh I got my house but no like people small business owners especially those I have a special place in my heart for them they're um they're always so excited you know especially if this is their first brick and water or they're expanding and they need something bigger um like I had a you know a client that um, she was a school teacher and she decided I want to do a daycare and we looked and looked and looked and I found her a perfect daycare and it, it just um, the broker on the other side was just amazing. And um, it was just a really good deal for her. And she just, and I, what I didn't know was it was her mother's birthday. And when we went to go pick up the keys, you know, her mom just thought we were touring. Her mom didn't know that it was actually her space. And she just started crying. And and I'm like, I'm such a crybaby. So I'm like trying to keep my tears held back because I don't want to cry. I'm about to cry right now. Um, <laughs> And so, um, it's those moments that are my why, because it's like, regardless, you, you only going to get like maybe one or two difficult clients. And I mean, it is what it, what it is. You're not going to agree or get along with everybody. that's just, that's just life. But those moments where you get those clients and they are so super excited and they're so happy that, that makes me like, I'm like, I cry from my, I cry with my clients. I'm jumping up and down with them, you know, and I tell them like all of my, all of our transactions are relational. I'm not a transactional person. Like I follow a good portion of my clients on social media. So if I find something or if they have like a special or if you're doing stuff, I'll share it to my my stories. Cause I'm like, you know, our relationship doesn't stop here. I know you have a business to run. So if I can share it on my stories that catches like one of my followers eyes, you know, that might be another client for you too. Um, and then too, I have these, I have two little eyes that's following me, you know, my little, my three-year-old, you know, I, I would love for this to be a legacy for her, you know, so she gets older, you know, she decides she wants to do commercial real estate. She's like, my mom's, she does commercial real estate. I really want to do this. I said sometimes like, you know she'll hear me on the phone and she'll walk around with her little fake phone and she's like having these little you know these invisible conversations and she's typing <laughs> on her laptop you know in those moments i realized that i have something someone else you know looking at me you know like seeing what i'm doing and that's my push too so those are my why
0: oh, i love that yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> kind of a, a weird side note does she actually do it like this or is she one of those kids that does this
1: well so she has like a fake cell phone and she'll walk around with her cell phone and she's like <laughs> and I was like and she'll be like she'll do her little hands because I talk with my hands a lot so she'll be like and then she'll like put on her like she'll type on her little like laptop and then put her glasses on and I was like girl what deal are you closing today and she's like yeah Still, you know and she's been doing that since she was like one she's been following my conversations and mocking me since uh, she was like one years old so um, it's just it's just great to see because I know with what I do um, I'm leaving something with her that even yeah. if she doesn't go down the the world of real estate she'll have that business acumen to where she can do something else you know like I'm 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 giving her the um. I'm giving her the blocks, you know, the building blocks on on yeah. what to do, you know. So in legacy, my husband and I always talk about legacy. So.
0: No, that's yeah. awesome, and that's powerful too. And that will that will push you through those moments.
1: Oh yeah, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um, and then one when you actually were talking there, one thing that I noticed too is for example, sometimes in certain industries, you have to downplay the expectations. If you're talking to a client,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you have to undersell over deliver, but you're sort of in a weird spot where it's a little bit harder to do that. Cause you don't want to <laughs> tell someone that, oh, I'm going to find you a crappy location for your office. Like you, yeah. you know what I mean? It's hard to undersell that, but yeah. you have to push it forward. So like, how do you balance that between keeping the expectations realistic
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but then not setting yourself up for failure because you've built it up so high now no matter what you do it's not going to leave it's not going to match that level
1: yeah Honesty, honestly um when we have our consultations with my well when I have my consultations with my clients or potential clients depending on our business model um I'll be completely honest with them I'm like listen it's not gonna be easy to find us, I said, because you have an immense amount of uh, competition out there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to have all of your ducks in a row. And even with all of your ducks in a row, still, you still might miss a shot. So I just want you to understand that if there's not a lot of properties that I'm sourcing for you, it's not a lack of me looking, it's a lack of inventory. Um, you know, and I've and I've done TikToks where like I've shown oversaturated business models, you know, like just showing people these are these are oversaturated business models, you know, event spaces, salons, hookah bars. If I have any potential clients that's coming to me with that, I'm already I'm already laying out the 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 groundwork. Um some clients we don't know until we we hit that, right? So I'm looking and looking and I can't find anything. Um, and I'll do what I call a follow-up, you know, like I'll, I'll round back around on my list. listen, you know, we've been looking, um, and stuff doesn't necessarily match what we're looking for. Right. So we might have to reconsider some options here. So we might yeah. have to reconsider your budget or your location, or, you know, if, if now is not the time, cause I never, I never want my clients to feel pressured to do anything that they don't want to do. Right. So I tell them, like, listen, if you got to take a second to step back and regroup and we can come back to this later, I'm here. You know, even if you want to ask me random questions, you know, a couple of months from now, I'm here. I was like, but I just need you to understand that it's going to it's going to take a while, you know, or we just we have to restructure our 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 playing field. Right. And normally when I talk to them about that, you know, they're like, yeah, you're right, you're right. And I'm like, I mean, you could find this, it's just, you might have to expand your parameters a little bit more and that's okay. You know, that's okay.
0: So when you say like oversaturated, like with the hookah bars or the salons, are you saying just like in business in general, that there's too many of them, like it's just a saturated space or.
1: There's too many people trying to do them, you know, like, um, to the point where brokers, are, some brokers are putting inside of their description, like, no hookah bar, no salon, no this, no that, because the location is perfect. And I'm pretty sure they have gotten so many calls about it. Um, and then there's just an issue with zoning, right? So you have to really pay attention. A, a, good, a good agent would be looking at the zoning, like making sure mm-hmm. that the use is there. So there's just so many things that go into it, finding the right location, making it so short of zoning matches um, because you can find a person and the landlord's okay with the use and then they get into there and they go to get their business license and they can't because that property isn't zoned for what they're trying to do. Yeah. And so, you know, that's another issue because some, some counties, their zoning is very strict and it's, it makes it virtually impossible to do any of those business models. And that's by design. You know, um, so, you know, it's just they're hard, especially hookah yeah. bars. I, I've seen uh, landlords trying to get further and further away from hookah bars, um, you know, just because one landlord uh, was telling me just because of the, the crime aspect, which I'm not sure how true that is. I'm just, you know, I, I haven't read yeah, the yeah. statistics on it, but these are some of the things that landlords are, are quoting you know, as to why they're not necessarily comfortable with having those business models. And I mean, and sometimes I tell my clients, I'm like, listen, you know, when they're pressing, I'm like, I can't force them to make, to change their mind on that. You know, it's, we have to, we have to let bygones be bygones and and keep continue to look, you know?
0: Yeah. That's another tricky thing though, because then you're not even just entering the commercial side. They probably feel like you are, the one that can either open the door, open or close the door on where their business goes from there. Mm -hmm. You know, like if they're opening a salon or a hookah or whatever it is, and if you can't find the location, then they probably, I can imagine that's a difficult thing to uh, navigate with them. I'm sure it doesn't happen too, too often, but I'm sure it happens enough where like, how do you manage those expectations? Cause I can Because you're playing a little bit into like business strategist at that point, too, where it's like, hey, you have to find the right spot. Like, does this even have traffic? Is this, it's not in the middle of nowhere.
1: No, and and that can give, I've given demographic information to my clients because sometimes they were thinking about going somewhere and they're like, well, I'm not sure. And I'm like, well, let me pull the demographics on this. So let me show you what the the traffic and let me show you the median age and things of that sort. Um, You know, because although we're not business strategists, but you your client is a is a um reflection of you so if you bring a client that can't withhold a business the you know you might have a harder time getting your client into the space going forward you know so you just yeah. don't want it to be you want to make sure that your clients stay afloat and again, I'm a relational type of person, so I always want to see my clients succeed like I never want it to be a situation where I'm like, oh my God, they're out of business because I'm like, oh, oh no you know so it's like I I'm always client forward when it comes down to that and so I'm always like I hope everything goes right for them you know and and part of that is positioning them in the best space you know and sometimes it's like people really want the Atlanta address right they're like Atlanta 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 but I'm like Atlanta's becoming expensive but just because you can't get Atlanta doesn't mean that you can't get something equally nice just maybe 10 miles away you know so yeah it's yeah but it, I really be interesting honest, yeah it's just honesty at the end of the day just being honest like again kindness goes a long way so you can be honest without being nasty you know you can you can tell your clients and let them down gently but once the letdown happens then you have to restructure focus and, and get back in the game because mm. I'm not going to let them down and be like well that's it I'm gonna let them down with options, you know, and 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 this is what it is, and this is how the market's going. I've written paragraphs on all the whole market conditions, right?
0: Yeah,
1: like you know, heavy hitters that are coming in, you know, because um, I don't think while you do have a a few savvy um, investors and business owners, but that's my job to educate them. So I'm like, listen, you know, we have we've had Google that, that's here, we we got Microsoft that's here iHeartRadio, Papa John's, there are a lot of co- companies that are coming out here, small tech companies that are coming out here. Um, and, the, and and they're and they're looking for spaces too, and they're nationally known. So, you know, it is gonna be a little bit harder. Is it impossible? No. But it's gonna be a little hard. And I said, just be patient with me. As long as you're patient with me and you trust me, I, I can guarantee you I'll lead you in the right direction.
0: I, yeah, it's just so interesting because I didn't, I guess I never thought that like you guys would veer into that that world of the like for example the hookah bar no one wanting to take them for xyz <laughs> reasons the de- going into like the demographics and some of that side like that i was completely ignorant on that you guys cover all of that sometimes as well
1: Oh yeah. And we have an investor that might be taking over a business, you know, cause we do investment sales. We do owner users, business to business sales. Mm. Um, your investors are going to want that information because if there's a hookah bar, that's like, that you're doing a business, to business sell on, but the demographics don't match, then that's a bad business move. Right. Cause then, yeah. you know, you, you're not getting any, any foot traffic, you know, like what are their they're, we are we're looking over financials like what do their numbers look like you know are they they're quoting they're quoting six percent cap rate but you know are the financials matching that you know those are things that we're looking at before we present it to our client.
0: Are are there is there something but I mean that could be it I might have already answered your, the question but is there something that you wish people knew that like commercial real estate isn't just saying okay, go find me an office and then you go do it. Like, like what you just explained to me, is there something like the typical person that's going into this for the first time isn't necessarily aware of
1: when it comes um, to it? Yes, there there are several things. Um, one, you should always have at least six, to, six months to a year's worth of rent saved up for the target oh, wow. amount that you're trying to lease. Um, I've had people, it's like, I got $10,000 and I want to lease a space for $2,500 a month. And I'm like, whoa, that's only four months, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what else do you have? Or do you have any money towards your build out? Um, you know, having a business license, having a bank account, you know, be something that showed that something that can show your accounting. Because landlords are going to look at that. You know, you can say I run a candy shop, but if you don't have any financials showing how you're getting your cash flow, that's a problem, you know, because they're like, well, how are you getting your money? (laughs) You know, Um, and then some, you know, are you, do you have an LLC for your business? Because these are just things. So if I had to arrange an LLC, having a bank account, having what I call reserves, you know, like how much, and I always ask them, like, how much money do you have in your reserves to go towards your business? Um, landlords are not as open to giving free rent as people think, because they're like, oh, I want three months free rent, but I also wanna be in there for three for three years. And I'm like, I don't know if they're gonna be willing to do that. There's no um, set way on getting stuff, you know, it, it's hmm. all about negotiations because every landlord's financial situation is different. Some landlords can do three months and, and, not, and not flinch and some landlords can't, you know? Um, so it's best to have as much money saved up as you can because some landlords might give what we call TI which is tenant improvements to build your space. And some landlords are yeah. like, we're not giving that, we'll give you free rent, you know? So there's so many structural ways to do your your lease. And so, um, I just wish that people would just have three things at the minimum, you know, have um, well four, have a business license, a website, and if you don't have a website, have an IG that shows what you're doing solely. Because I've had people that be like, "Oh yeah, I do, I do uh, event planning," and then I go on there and it's like party, party, party like they're at miami party right and it's like one or two events and then it's like look at my plate you know like check out my outfit and i'm like there's nothing on here that will show a landlord that you're actually doing event spaces so business plan event space or website uh, i'm sorry business plan website or ig um bank account have a separate bank account for your business um so that when they're pulling your financials they can see where the money's coming and going um and then lastly just reserves 6 to 6 months to a year minimum of reserves because the landlord is going to want to see okay they can take care of their rent for 6 months but after that 6 months is done
0: mm-hmm.
1: how are they going to be able to stay afloat because what i always tell my clients is that within the first year, sometimes it costs the landlord way more money to evict you than it would be for you to stay afloat in that business. And so they're all in your financial business because they want to make sure that you're going to be able to be a viable client. And it's not them trying to, you know, dismiss you or anything or make you feel like less than, but they have a business to run too. And so you just, you just got to, put yourself in the best position and I and I do consultations with my clients initially like let's run through your finances let's let's talk about this let's do this yeah. you know like what are the things that you have and if they're not ready you know gently I'm like listen I would love to work with you and I hope that we can work together in the future you're just not in the best position right now you know and these are the things that I, that I feel like you need to call attention to. and once you have everything together, you know please feel free to reach back yeah. out to me. I'll check in with you periodically and we'll start the ball, we'll get the ball rolling going forward.
0: I mean, we do the same thing. I have companies sometimes where they're six months to a year into starting their business. They want to start doing they haven't sold anything. They did this typical thing where they open up shop, mm-hmm. didn't do any sort of marketing and then no sales, whatever come to me six months or a year later when they don't really have a budget saying, hey, I need help getting this started. It's like, well, you don't have the finances anymore because you didn't do it. So it's like, I recommend, these are things you can do on your own. Maybe find a coach and I put them in contact with some people and then come talk to me when you have this stuff in place and then we can help you. So I mean, I think that's awesome. And I love to tell you the four ways, but um, if someone wanted to find you, if they wanted to reach out, where do they go? What's your Instagram? Um, I'll make sure to put everything down below as well, but where's the best way um, for to reach out to you?
1: Uh IG um or email. Um, but Sierra underscore the realtor is my IG and also my TikTok. Um, I do put uh, you know informational videos and just doing my tours on TikTok. Um, you know, Sierra Ellis uh with LinkedIn. Um, and then it's Sierra C E A I R A dot Ellis at Badon B A D O N C R E dot com. Those are the ways you can get in contact with me. Well,
0: thank you so much, Sierra. It was awesome speaking with you, and I look forward to speaking with you again.
1: Awesome. Thank you for having me. It was be- it was a pleasure, truly. Bye.